1: This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, October 6th, the Makeup Bag of Worms edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another show called The Best Advice Show, and I live with my family in Detroit. My oldest, Noah, is five and my youngest, Ami, is two.
2: I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's nine and a half. We live in Los Angeles.
3: I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry who's 10, Oliver who's eight, and Teddy who's five. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
1: Today on the show, we've got a mom whose five-year-old really, really wants a makeup kit. She's torn. Is this a creative outlet and the medium just happens to be makeup? Or is makeup the first step towards caring about beauty standards? We're going to weigh in. Then on Slate Plus, we're going to jump into the great high five debate of 2022. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus.
3: There are plenty of people who feel like things have gone downhill because of the autonomy we are giving children. And maybe that is all (laughs) summed up in offering your child a high five. But also, doesn't it just seem like things evolve, right? Like I was trying to think of other things that like adults do that eventually kind of work their way down to things that kids do.
1: Not only do you get a bonus segment from us every week, but you get to listen ad free when you have Slate Plus. And it's not just us. You get to listen to all of Slate's content ad free and you won't hit a paywall on our site. This show wouldn't be possible without Slate Plus memberships. Please consider joining if you can. You can sign up by going to slate.com slash plus. Again, that's slate.com slash plus. Okay, we're going to catch up on our week in parenting, but not before a quick break. See you back here in a second.
0: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com.
2: planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member fdse
1: okay we're back jamila tell us something Triumph or fail this week?
2: I have a triumph. I recently started taking stand up classes. <gasps>
1: Whoa. This is
2: something I'd wanted to do for a while. Um, the idea came to me during the pandemic that I wanted to start playing around with comedy in some regard. And, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going to come of it. I'm not saying this is necessarily a career shift or, you know, um, something I'm going to take on full time. But it's fun. It's terrifying. And, you know, I I think that it is going to help me as a writer and creator in a lot of ways, regardless of what I end up doing or not doing with comedy.
1: What's your opening line?
2: No way. Okay, actually, I will...
1: Let's workshop it.
2: I will never... Do that. Um, <laughs> but I will give you an opening line just because it's so perfect for the show. And so it's, um, you know, most parents love, you know, to always tell their kids, I'm not your little friend. I'm not one of your little friends. Well, I am my child's little friend. <laughs> <laughs> and you all know me and, and my naive stories, so you can imagine <laughs> Uh, where it goes from there, but yes, I have a bit about like why I am my child's friend, and I'm okay with that.
1: Is there a lot of mom material?
2: Um, there's not a lot of material thus far, you know. So just getting started. So I would say, relative to the pie, yes, there is a lot of mom material, but um, you know, I don't necessarily want to make that a foundation of my jokes. I want the youth to like me too. You know what I mean? I went to a comedy show this weekend and like the comics were so down on dating and or sorry. Well, yes, on dating and marriage, too. But like on their kids. And I was like, ah, you know, like I hate that. So I do think that even though I'm sure there'll be some complaining about Naima that comes up that I can offer a lighter perspective on the work of childbearing. Stop complaining about your kids. It's whack.
1: It's kind of. I mean, like, do it. But
2: like, come on, man.
3: Yeah, but, like, end with a happy note. <laughs> um, Is the class, like, once a week?
2: It's once a week, yeah. It's an eight-week class. It's three hours, so I'm really, like, whoo, you know?
3: Does it culminate in some sort of performance?
2: It does. There is a, for, there is a student showcase for that I will not be inviting anyone to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was going to say, Zach and I will be there.
2: But I'm going to have to do, like, a whole 10-minute set. Um, so, oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah, so good luck to me. It's at some point, and, well, I don't want somebody figuring out where I'm taking classes and showing up at the show place. So it is culminating, at culminating time, yes.
3: I'm so excited for you. I feel like this is really cool and, ve- like, something that you'll be very good at. Thank you.
1: And I feel like so many of us have, like, Uh, I mean, personally, I've been like meaning to start Tai Chi for like 15 years. How did you actually get yourself to do this?
2: So uh, I'm sitting at my desk now because I... Uh, My laptop is in the shop, so I'm recording from my desktop. You all are seeing into my bedroom. And like in front of my desk, like on the wall, I have a ton of oversized post-its with like book notes. And I have small post-its with, you know, a lot of it are, most of them are book notes. But some of them are just things I want to remember. You know, like some of them are tasks, things I need to do, like that have just been up there forever. Some of them are like long-term reminders. And I put sign up for comedy class, you know, up there. And so every day when I sat down, I had to look at it. um, And I waited until like the very last minute, like I registered. I think I was actually registering like while we were recording the podcast one day because it's like, oh, my God, the class starts on Saturday. I don't even know (laughs) if there are any spaces left, you know, and it like hit me like, are you going to do this or not? Because I kept I was I told a few people like, yeah, I think I'm going to take this class. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I was like, "Ah, I'm really going to do it. And, you know, um, I, I probably was one of the last people to register. I made it in. I was very lucky.
1: Amazing. Who's your favorite comedian right now?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, My favorite comedian is a young L- L.A.-based comic named Niles Abson. Um, who was recently, like, rated by Vulture as, like, one of their, you know, best young comics to watch. He's really, he's under 30. He's really, really funny. He's really progressive. And in younger comics, like, including younger cishet male comics, like, I feel optimistic that the future Chappelle's and Rock's you know, that are these titans of comedy that are so good at telling jokes, but are so misogynistic and homophobic. And you know what I mean? And just like have these really fucked up values, you know, in addition to being really smart and funny that the next wave of big comics, you know, won't suffer from those limitations. And so I think of him as like a really great example of that. So like, yes, stream his special Girls Don't Twerk to Jokes. Um, The album is on Spotify. It's on YouTube as well. He's just so funny niles abstin
1: that's what people are going to be saying about you real soon
2: oh
3: thank
1: you but we're gonna we are coming to the show anyways <laughs> um elizabeth
3: i am taking a i survived is that a valid option so i am back from a road trip with six kids and one other mom in one minivan we drove uh 582 miles down to El Paso and back (laughs) hitting a bunch of national parks on the way and I've done a bunch of solo travel with my three and we've done a bunch of travel with like another family but we have never put them all into one minivan (laughs) And it was just a lot. Like, I, at some point, I think the other mom and I were like, we had put all the kids in the car and we just like shut the door. And we were just standing outside being like, do we continue? Is there value in this? Like, we have one, the youngest on the trip is a little girl and she just talked for the entire no matter who else was sleeping. (laughs) No, she just talked. For Oliver, just like he's such an introvert that this was just like too much. I think normally in the car, like I have two in the pilot seats and then one in the back seat, but we were three across in both rows. And so someone was always touching him, trying to talk to him, playing with him. And he was actually our he's like not really a lot of trouble usually and it was like every time we got out of the car he just couldn't do anything more like he did not want to do the junior ranger badge he did not want to do the things we were doing together he wanted to get as far away as he could from us where he could still see us and just be by himself you know there there was a lot of that the, the first two days we had hotels which was a little better because we had some separation but then we went into a rental house <laughs> and then our family went right from this trip we came back and Jeff had a conference in Golden, Colorado and the leaves are changing. And so I like literally got back, put in a load of laundry, loaded the kids back up and we drove to Golden. And by Sunday, <laughs> Jeff was like, "What are you guys doing today?" I'm like, "Driving home. We are driving home and the children are going to play with their toys and not talk to me." Um we had just just reached like our limit, but when Jeff asked the kids how the trip went, um They were like, it was amazing. They're making up all these great stories. We visited um, White Sands... Uh, National Park, which is just like this incredible gypsum sand dune, so like otherworldly, you get out there and everything is just white. Like they've just packed down the sand for you to drive on and we were able to watch the sunset there and the stars come out. It was amazing. We went to Carlsbad Caverns and saw the bats fly out of the cave twice and then also spent um, several hours underground exploring the caves and the kids were like amazing on the guided tour. They were great on the walk around by themselves. I mean, at the bats, other parents' came up other families came up and said like hey your kids are being so great because you have to like sit quietly so we had these like wonderful moments but I think in kind of the chaos my friend and I lost sight of all that you know it was like what is the next disaster going to be as opposed to saying like look we're having these really great moments we we stood on the border and there's a junior ranger badge there and and national park site dedicated to kind of the Mexico American border and and all kinds of stuff involved with that and the kids were just like in awe and asked all these great questions in seeing that border and like being able to like just see both the walls that are there but also actually seeing the land that's there and understanding that this was like one community in a lot of ways that we split and why that happened so i i feel like there were all these moments and in getting back and now being rested i can like appreciate that but in the moment i was like we may never travel again
1: (laughs) so how many days total was this
3: so we left on a Sunday, we came back on a Thursday night, and then I left again on a Friday. So we really like wow. packed it, packed it in there. There was a lot of driving. Um, and I mean, we, like I said, it it was really, we probably should have added an extra day. <laughs> you know, like that might have helped. I feel so passionately about showing the kids these things that I think usually i'm able to like overcome that but we just had no space to ourselves i don't know we've done a lot of debriefing after being like if we did this again would we take two cars (laughs) Would we, you know could we leave a child behind (laughs) like those kind of those kind of things but what age were the other kids okay so we had two 10 year olds two eight year olds a five-year-old and a four-year-old
2: oh my goodness (laughs)
3: Well, at least they were well I mean, they were matched up. You yeah, know. yeah, they all like have a friend. They um yeah. which is pretty great. And uh they all get along really well. I just think imagine being what, like five days with anybody in one car and one house and then you're a kid, so you don't even really have the opportunity to walk away in the same sense that like an adult can walk away. So yeah, it was it was good and it was bad. I don't know. I'm just so like I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I I am now reflecting on those moments. Like the kids have been talking about the bats leaving and and just that. Like we could actually hear them. Um their wings beating it was amazing so like I said I'm taking an I survived there were <laughs> there were moments neither Micha- Kayla or I really um yelled very much which was great like we were able to be very calm with each other in all of these moments and uh we were both very good at expressing like what we needed and what our families needed so I thought that went really well um too there were some tears though from the adults so
1: <laughs> sounds triumphant to me
3: That is a huge triumph. Zach, how (laughs) how was your week, Zach?
1: Uh, I'm going the opposite direction. We're failing, y'all.
3: Oh, no. Oh, no. It's okay.
1: It's okay. But I told you, uh, I don't know, a month or two ago, Ami climbed out of his crib. So I disassembled it that night. Bought him a bed on Craigslist. It's really old, beautiful, like wooden bed with some storage on the bottom for 60 bucks. I was really excited about it. But I didn't realize until I reassembled it in his bedroom that it's like, it's pretty damn tall, especially for a two year old. It's like higher than than most beds. And so I've been kind of extra anxious about like any sound I hear coming from the room. I'm like, oh, fuck, he just fell out of bed. There's kind of that always lingering in my mind. And also since he's transitioned out of the crib, he was doing okay for a while. But we've had a relapse lately where it's really hard to get him down At 8 p.m. or 7.30, whenever we try to get him down in the first place, he walks out and he's um, crying and he's not so excited to be in there. But eventually, he'll fall asleep. But now, it's been like most nights, I'll hear him crying at midnight. I'll go in there, try to calm him down, try to reassure him. And then if I try to leave, he'll he'll just lose it. And I'm too tired to do anything other than climb in bed with him. And then in those moments, I think like, well, he's this tiny, amazing little guy right now. He's not always going to be this tiny. So I should take advantage of getting to sleep with this little nugget. Um, But all I'm doing is enabling his codependency. And like, I'll fall asleep there. Or Shira will fall asleep with him. And then we'll sneak out often. um, Like half hour, an hour later, we're back in our bed. And then at like three or four, he'll just show up in our room. And I'm too tired to get out of bed and take him back to his bed. So I'll just pull him in to our bed. He'll sleep in the middle. Again, it's the sweetest, warmest little blanket. But also it's like, this is, this is not going to end well. Um, maybe it will. But right now, you know, we're, I'm just kind of in this, this uh, disruptive sleep cloud. And feeling uh, like we, this, this isn't serving anyone particularly well.
3: Do you want some things to try?
1: Please. Okay, doctor. For the Newcamp. crawling
3: out of bed, get a pool noodle. Get a pool noodle. I, I do have put that. It under the fitted sheet. Did you do that? I've got and is that. He, it, and he's not falling out, right?
1: He fell out like one time, so that that um, fear is pretty unfounded. It's just
3: I am mm, um, do, doing that. We,
2: Wait, what does the help us understand? What does the pool noodle do?
3: Okay, so you take a pool noodle and you put it under the fitted sheet, so it's like a very small rail. It raises the, uh, it's like a tiny wall. And I, once we, we use that in hotel rooms for years um, to stop them from falling out of bed. Now I went from a crib to a floor bed and then to a bed. So that's the other is that you could just put a mattress on the floor. Right. But I, the pool noodle worked really well just under the fitted sheet. And then it just seems to stop them. Like it would take a lot of effort to throw yourself. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, um, but it would take a lot of effort. Um, You know, just make a little stuffed animal pile. Okay. But I, first of all, I think Jamila and i will not give you any we are both like have bed shared (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but We keep a sleeping bag in our room and we have just told the kids that that is always an option and that they are welcome to come in and get in the sleeping bag. And it's also um, easier to kind of move them from the bed, like when they come in, because I'm the same way. It's like, I'm too tired to get up and move you back to your room, Uh but it's kind of easy to pick them up and tuck them into the sleeping bag in a spot Uh and say, we're still here. You're totally safe. Um, I understand you need this, but it does make the like appeal of coming in a little less because um, mm-hmm, you're right? be sleeping on yeah. a hard
1: wooden floor I also uh-huh. think
3: do you do door shut at night or door open when they're falling asleep
1: uh historically door shut I've been experimenting with door open but
3: because what I did when I did that um is that I would do like a folding laundry or a chore in the hall so that I'm busy. And I would say, hey, I'm, I have to finish this chore. You lay in bed. So the lights are out, but the door is open. And they can they can see me kind of coming or going just till they fall asleep. And I say like, oh, while you fall asleep, I'm going to keep the, the door open, right? And then once they fall asleep, shut the door. And I found that it just stopped the, because they knew I was there. So I'm here and I, if they need something, I could pop in and say, oh, do you need something? Um, you know, please get back into bed or help them get tucked back in. Uh, but I actually. S-
1: and you're leaving the door open or closed there?
3: I leave the door open while I'm doing all the stuff. And then once they fall asleep, I shut okay. the door. And I say that like, oh, we're going to leave the door open while you're falling asleep. And I'm just out here. I know this is new. Right. Uh, but and it could be any kind of task. Jeff grades papers sitting in the hall. And it's just like, I have this job to do, and you're going to bed. But I understand this is new, so I'm going to leave the door open, and I'm here. Um, but that kind of stops you being in there, you know?
1: I like it. I like it. I'm going to try that.
3: But also, I think if right now what you need is some bed sharing, I <laughs> people always get mad because sometimes it's just, it's fine.
2: Sometimes, listen
3: so but if it's bothering you or you're not getting sleep i think the sleeping bag has worked well for us and it's just always there or a blanket you know something that's like a cozy little bed space that's like well here's where you can come um and we are here but you can't be up in the bed i don't know just some things to try
1: i I appreciate it thank you okay this has been a this has been an epic triumph and fail session lots of highs and lows on that note we're going to take another quick break see you back here for our listener question Let's dive into our listener question.
5: Dear mom and dad, I have an almost five-year-old daughter. Last year, when she was four, she asked Santa for a beauty kit for Christmas. She also asked for a chemistry set. If this sounds familiar to anyone, it's because she was influenced by a lovely children's book called Morris's Disappearing Bag, where two money sisters each get a beauty kit and a chemistry set for Christmas. We ended up getting her the chemistry set and forgoing the beauty kit. Instead, opted for some fairy wings and a wand that she enjoyed. We talked about how Santa sometimes brings us the toys that he believes we will most enjoy. I also conceded with Kid's fingernail polish that she used on her fingers and toes. But the desire for the beauty kit has not gone away. She is again asking for one for her birthday, which is this fall. And if she doesn't get it then, she's already been hinting that it will show up on her Christmas wish list. I'm torn. I'm not a mom who wears makeup, but I'm also not a mom who's afraid of princess dresses or other feminine things my daughter enjoys. Maybe it's harmless and doesn't automatically mean that we buy into big beauty, but makeup feels grown up in a way I feel less comfortable with. What say you? Would you redirect this focus on makeup or let her have her fun putting on kid-friendly, water-washable stuff? Thanks. Having trouble picking battles.
1: What do you think, Jamila?
5: I say, please buy
2: your daughter some makeup. Um, You can buy kids makeup. You don't have to let her play with adult stuff. You know, you don't wear it. It's not like she has yours to play with. But get her some kid-friendly makeup. They literally make it for kids, you know? Like, there. I understand that makeup feels like a grown pursuit, like something that is a marker of getting older, right? Because it's not just for adults. Teenagers and some tweens wear makeup. But, like again there's like a kid's version of it you know and it's something that's meant to be played with in the house so it's not that she's going to be putting on a full face and going to church or to school and people seeing her this way and you know like i don't know if what your greater worry is the idea of buying into big beauty um and and i understand that but i think that we have to except that makeup has transcended simply being, you know, a tool by which you can assimilate into what what's acceptable and what's okay. It's a way by which people are able to express themselves and to feel more comfortable in their skin, you know. Um and it's a valuable tool and it's a tool that should be used by, you know, people that are old enough and interested in using it and a lot of those people who are great at makeup who are famous for makeup started their interest as a kid you know i think it's a very normal healthy thing for a a child your age to have an interest in makeup so get her the beauty kit get the you know the kid stuff barely even works you know like good luck getting it out of the container and onto your eyes and cheeks anyway um but she'll have fun trying
3: I totally agree. Makeup to me is like art supplies. We've had makeup appear on our kids' wish lists and we have found something and purchased it and they um, have played with it and enjoyed making all kinds of crazy things on their faces and my face. <laughs> you know, I think it's just something that you can have some fun with. It's totally okay to set boundaries. I mean, Jamila is so right. They, You can say, this is for at home play with. We are not going out in any of this. Or you can even have, I don't know, like for us, Play-Doh is something that is not always available. We have like times in which they can ask for the Play-Doh kit and we can play with it because it makes a mess. You can totally do that with a makeup kit too, right? Like this is something that we ask and we play with in this location and then we we put it back because it makes a mess, because it needs to be cleaned up, all of these things. I also think that if you continue to hold it back, you're giving it way more power than it really needs in the way that you're afraid of, right? If you're like, well, this is something just for adults, or this is something um, that like senses that you're grown up. It's like if they were asking for some kind of toolkit, you would get it right. Like the chemistry set guys, like you can do a lot of damage with real chemistry stuff, but you're not afraid to purchase that. So to me, it's kind of like, what's the difference? There are tons of careers and opportunities that stem from purchasing a makeup kit so i just think there's nothing wrong with that i i was thinking one there are a bunch of like wooden makeup kits so if you think that that's something you could get away with um you could probably find a really beautiful one that doesn't have any actual makeup i think you might be a little bit too old at this point for that um We have had kids who I have purchased makeup kits from. I really like there's one from Klee Naturals that's totally non-toxic. The packaging itself is not as gendered as some of the other ones. I mean, my big complaint about makeup kits is that they are all like pink and like very sparkly. And (laughs) so they are not really inviting for like, this is a toy for everyone. Not again, we are big fans of pink in this house, but it does sort of just make a suggestion that or only have girls on the box, that kind of thing. Uh, I also really like making your own stuff together. We got like a make your own bath bomb kit and that satisfied a lot of this and Urban Kangaroo makes a bunch of kits where you can make some beauty supplies together. Again, none of these are going to be like your lip stains or anything that that lasts for very long or even really show. I think you not wearing makeup and the messages you send around your house have a greater impact on whether kids think this is something I have to do to look beautiful or I need to conform to this than having any such substance in your house, right? Like the presence of makeup. Um, I don't wear a ton of makeup, but I do like the way it makes me feel or it allows me to feel like I'm getting dressed up or dolled up, right? Like that's really fun. And I think kids should be able to, to have that fun and experiment with that, too.
1: I do appreciate this perspective a lot because we are going through the same thing with noah who has been asking for makeup and frankly sheer and i have been expressing reservation and i want to understand why i have been resistant part of it is i've had some conversations with noah and i don't know if she's being manipulative or if she actually feels this way but she says i want to feel beautiful and i don't feel beautiful without makeup and i don't want to therefore get her makeup Because I feel like that's playing into this seeking external validation. Um, And so she's also quite smart and might just be saying that. We were having that conversation the other day and she expressed that, but then I went into her room last night. I'm like, no, do you really think that? Do you really think that you're not beautiful without makeup? She's like, no, it's just, I just really want to, I just like really want some makeup. I think she just like wants the novelty of, of, of having at the creativity. We were just at my nephew's bar mitzvah and his younger sister, who's nine, who she looks up to big time. She was wearing makeup. She was wearing eyeliner at the bar mitzvah. Like this is just this past weekend. So it's very, it's gotta be very much related to that. But um, I also need her to know that she's beautiful without makeup. It it feels like a bit bit of a a conundrum.
3: Let's say you get her something. And then what you do is, put it on together. You put it on. She puts it on. You look in the mirror. What do you like when you're wearing this? Oh, I like that my lips are shiny. Oh, it is fun that your lips are shiny. The shiny stuff also comes off on everything. You know what I mean? I, I feel like there's also this experience of like, yes, I like it, but it doesn't, none of that lasts. And that it's kind of a hassle. Like to me, part of playing of makeup is having the ability to learn that. Like great that you wore eyeliner. Wait till we have to scrub it off before bed. You know, what five-year-old likes that? None.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, Naima went through a period... I don't know if you all remember the glue on the face. She went through a period where she felt like she needed some makeup to feel beautiful. You know? So we definitely had to have some serious talks about, like, loving the way you look. And that, you know, part of the reason I know you're not ready for makeup is that you don't feel beautiful. You know? Like, you have to accept who you are without it before you can, you know before you can start enhancing what you already have you have to be comfortable with who you are first
1: well having trouble picking battles i kind of stepped in as your surrogate here because i feel like we are the same person right now i hope that's okay but i found this very helpful and i'm really curious how you're going to deal with this maybe we can uh talk over email and share share stories let us know what you decide to do Everyone else, if you have some makeup advice to offer, send us a voice memo or email us at at slate.com. That's also where you can send us any questions of your own. And that's it for our show. Monday, we will be off for Indigenous Peoples Day, so you won't hear from us until next Thursday, when we will be back with another show. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. While you're at it, give us a rating, interview on Apple or Spotify. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Chrissy Taiwo Macanjula and Rosemary Belson. For Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp, I'm Zach Rosen. Thanks for listening.